right. Well, good morning, Journey Church. Welcome. We're glad you guys are here. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. If you join us online, welcome. We're glad you are participating in some way, and we're glad that you're part of the service. And so today we've got a special treat for you guys. We've got a uh, guest speaker, and uh, it's going to be Pastor Ken Gallion. He is a, a good friend of ours. We've known each other. Uh, I, we talked about this last night. We uh, went and had dinner together, and, man, we had church there in the uh, restaurant. But we've known each other about 15 years. And our church, Journey Church, has been a part of sponsoring Call to Africa uh, for going on 15 years now. And uh, it's amazing what God has done through this ministry. And uh, so today, Pastor Ken is going to come, and I'm going to uh, get out of the way and let him bring the message today. He brought his own af- offering basket, too, by the way. Look at there. Oh, we're in trouble, aren't we, bro? That's right. Amen. On behalf of one of the least, least reached people groups in the world, the Batwas, you guys sent us money uh, this last month, and we had the privilege of being against the border of Rwanda, Congo, and Uganda. And the Batwa people were kicked out of the forest to protect the silverback gorilla. These people are hated, they're despised, they're beggars, they're prostitutes, they're alcoholics because of their situation. And because of what you guys gave, we were able to take and carry them food in to two of the Batwa groups. Mm. And the most, the coolest thing, I think you showed the video last week, is when we left after leaving the food that you guys provided, they followed us all the way down the mountain. We had to walk in after we drove the bus up, had to walk in. They followed us dancing. And it was so much joy. I just want to say thank you from the yep. widows and orphans and the Batwa people. God bless you, my Amen. brother. And this was made by the, uh, the widows. That's right. There. So here's the thing is this will hopefully be a reminder here that whenever we give and when we pray, to pray for God to open doors for the gospel. Amen. And uh, the gospel goes forward. Hey, Amen. it's your Thank you, Love you, man. Love you, too. Greetings in the name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, would you open it to Romans chapter 1? We want to look at just one verse, and we want to continue in the series that Pastor Mike started last week, Fishers of Men. You have your Bible open to Romans chapter 1. We just want to focus on that verse 16 that the Apostle Paul quotes as just his statement of faith, if you would. Uh, and he says these words. Let me point at the screen here. All right. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Amen. Amen. Fishers of men. Last week, as Pastor Mike started, I want you to be reminded that he brought to us from Matthew's gospel where Jesus was calling his disciples. And here at the shore of Galilee, Jesus steps in the boat and shares the gospel. Then he tells them to launch out in the deep and they had a great, great catch. And they were so overwhelmed that they ended up following Christ. And Jesus said, he called them out. He said, come follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. Pastor Mike made this statement last week. I want you to note right here. He said, if we claim to follow Christ and don't share our faith with those that are perishing, we are liars. Wow. It's a gut check, huh? I don't know about you, but I'm just sick of the hypocrisy in the world. Aren't you? I'm just sick of it. Everywhere you look, it's just such an overt hypocrisy. 
But you know what God is saying to me and saying to us today is He really wants us to check out the hypocrisy in our own lives because we're not going to be a change agent in this world if we can't settle our issues with Him first. So this morning as we consider fissures of men, the power of a personal testimony. I want you to look at Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 3 through 8. And I want you to look at the essence of the gospel. And it's going to be hard for me not to get excited, so hold on. Buckle up, touch your neighbor and say, wake up. This redneck may get wound up today, all right? Here we go. He presented himself alive. You missed it, didn't you? He presented himself alive. This is Jesus speaking before he's carried back to the right hand of the Father. And basically, I was on Facebook this last week and had a friend, a family member, that put this question out, and I just happened to catch it. It says, if religion is the answer to the world's problems today, what religion would you teach in the schools? And about 4 o'clock this morning, God woke me up and He said, here's a noble idea. Why don't you share the truth? You see, the problem in today's world is nobody wants to listen to the truth. They think that everybody's got their own version of religion. But I want to explain to you the basic difference between religion and Christianity. Religion is man's way of trying to work to God's favor. And no matter how high you jump, no matter how hard you work, you're not going to make it. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. But Christianity is the truth It is based on the biblical, historical, eyewitness account. This is not a fairy tale. He is alive. He rose from the dead. And that's what we base our faith on, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says He presented Himself alive after His suffering, after the cross, by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Next. And while staying with them, He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You heard from Me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. Three things. Notice first, he presented himself alive. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Islam wants to teach us that Muhammad received special revelation from an angel and he wrote the book of Quran. And somehow we're supposed to think that 
Muhammad and Jesus are on a level plane. Sorry, not so. If we get on a plane and go to Mecca, I could take you to Muhammad's tomb. And you know his bones are in there. There's dust in there. But if you and I get on a plane and go to Jerusalem, let me carry you to a strange graveyard with an open door. It's a borrowed tomb. Any of you folks borrow tombs around here? No, that's nuts. There's no bones in there. There's no dust. The Bible says he is not here. He has risen as he said he would. Oh, hallelujah. He is God in the flesh. He presented himself alive. I don't know about you. That ought to stir some folks up in here. Second thing I want you to notice is he promised us the Holy Spirit. He told his disciples before he left, he said, I won't leave you like orphans. He said, I have been with you, but he said, I will be in you. Oh, the dynamic of the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, the religious man, when Nicodemus came to him by night and said, hey, man, we've got to talk to this teacher, this, this itinerant preacher, teacher, Jesus, man. He's, there's something different about him. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Does he enter his mother's womb a second time and get born again? Jesus said, no. He said, those things which are of the Spirit are spirit, and those things which are of the flesh are flesh. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. He promised us the Holy Spirit. And then third, I want you to notice, you will receive power to be witnesses of Jesus. Everybody wants power. Everybody wants the power of God. I want the power of God on my life. But we don't pay attention to what His power is for. It's not for our selfish promotion of what I want to do. It is to be witnesses to a lost and dying world of the truth of Jesus Christ that through His death, burial, and resurrection, there is no other way to be born again and have your sins forgiven and to be saved eternally and face COVID and all the craziness of this world except Jesus Christ alone. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, what is our problem? This is what I want you to notice. The problem is we forget how good it is to be saved. Hello? Anybody out there? Maybe it wasn't a big deal for you to be saved. I want to tell you something. For me, big deal. Big deal. Did I say it was a big deal? Big deal. Big deal. I just want to take you into the week that God began to corner. I was a store manager for Winn-Dixie Grocery Stores. Ain't too many of them around these days anymore, but store manager, and I was running that uh, express lane, you know, the one you bring 100 items through. I was running the express lane, and a guy come through with a box of donuts, and he looked up, had a little John Denver haircut, cut right there, looked up at me, and he said, hey, won't you come go to church with us? He didn't know that three weeks before then, I'd just buried my mom. 
The last words my mother said to me, she said, Ken, don't worry about me. She said, I'm worried about you. I said, Mom, why are you worried about me? I, you know, I've got a good job, good respect in the community. Me and Renata were doing good. She said, Ken, you won't ever have any real rest until you have spiritual peace with God. And I said, okay, Mama. She said, you're not honoring Jesus with your life. The last word she said, she died of rare brain disease. And at her funeral, I never will forget, the place was packed. And all I could think is, if I died, nobody would show up. I've been such a sorry rascal. Hmm. Three weeks after that, this guy buys this box of donuts. He said, come go to church with us. So I go home and I tell my wife, raise your hand there so people can say, hey, man, she's beautiful. I said, baby, i got a great idea. Let's go to church Sunday. You know what she did? She laughed at me. Can you believe that? She laughed at me. And this is what she said. She said, hey, wait a minute. Time out. So if it's your idea, it's a good idea. But if it's my idea, I've been begging you for two years to carry us and the kids to church. So that Sunday, I got up and I got our kids ready. Amy, my daughter, was the oldest, and Ray, second born, and we're pregnant with our third son, Clint. What you didn't know is, because of my lostness and because of my selfishness, we had already made an appointment to abort Clint. So... The week before the appointment, the guy buys a box of donuts and he says, come, come, won't you go to church? I hadn't been to church in 10 years. We come in the back door and I right there, just inside the back. You know how it is, man. We'll fight to get in the back. Every time that preacher pointed, touched me on the end of my nose. I had a grip on the back of the pew, man. I said, who has told him I'm here? He didn't even know it. When I went home, I got on my knees and I begged my wife. I said, honey, please, I don't know how we're going to do it. But somehow, some way, we're not going to abort this child. It was a result of that decision that I gave my life to Jesus. And He changed my life. You need to know this about me. I was raised... In a Christian home, I was taught about Jesus all my life. I walked through the motions at the age of 10. I went through the baptismal waters. If you'd ask me, you believe the Bible is true? I said, yes. If you'd ask me, you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? I said, yes. But if I would have died between 10 and 28, I'd have went to hell. You know why? I knew about Him in my head, but I had never experienced the new birth. I had never been born again. So nearly a year later on the Tuesday night, we're in revival. And the evangelist said these words. He said, hey, Ken. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was talking to me personally. He said, hey, there's a lot of you out here who want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. But you can't rededicate something that's never been dedicated. And when he said that, it's like somebody shoved me right out in front of God. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack. But I don't think you can have one in your throat. And, and I couldn't hardly breathe. And, and, and it's like... Satan speaking in one ear, he said, you know, if you get right with God, people are going to laugh at you, make fun of you, and, and, and you're going to lose all your friends. And the Lord speaking in this ear, he said, Ken, you know about me, but you don't know me. On that Tuesday night, about 8.30, as best I know how, 
I gave my life to Jesus. And from August 24th, 1987, I received the promise of God, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. God inside of me. So I think the problem is we just forget how good it is to be saved. Do you remember where you were when God saved you? You know, I believe there's really only two people that know you're genuinely born again, and that's you and God. And I believe if you'll get honest and earnest with Him this morning, He'll let you know. If you really want to know, I'm telling you, He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's nothing He'd rather let you know than whether or not you're His child. And He's already made a provision that His Word says today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation, and now is the appointed time. I know some of you are saying, I've heard this before. I had to. But, oh, when the Holy Ghost of God begins to take the Word of God and deal with the hearts of men and women, there is no denying the reality of God today. Oh, my soul. Next, I want you to notice here. Do you recognize the desperate times we're in? I don't ever remember another COVID. Do y'all? It's been nuts. I'm sick of COVID. We've buried loved ones. You know, some of the countries we travel in Africa, Tanzania, the president of Tanzania didn't believe that COVID was real. And you know what? He died of COVID. And you know, it's like the gospel. There's, there's people probably in here today that said, Preacher, I appreciate what you've got to say, but I, I just really don't believe all that stuff. Let me tell you something, friend. You don't have to believe in hell to go there. Hello? You don't have to, all you have to do is reject Jesus and you'll be a believer and you'll still confess Jesus from hell. Every knee's gonna bow. Every tongue. This is a desperate time. Do you know how dangerous it is just traveling down Highway 65? You guys, what was it, just last week, 10 people perished right down Highway 65? Oh, my soul. I rode down yesterday. My wife was driving. I want to tell you something. I checked my salvation out seven times. I said, oh, I just had to close my eyes. I said, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm ready best I know. I just thought I might have one more trip to Africa in me. We're in desperate times, folks, and I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ is the answer. There's no other answer. There's no other way. There's not a plan B. It's only His way or no way. Ask God to give you an opportunity to share. Ask God to give you an opportunity to share. Don't you have family and friends who need to know the greatest need in our world today is not the vaccine. It's the gospel. You can't face COVID. You can't face life and death. You can't face the uncertainties of life without faith in Jesus Christ alone. There's no other way. I want to show you two pictures and tell you two stories. 
Will you see my grandson? This card of Joseph, he was 12 years old in that picture. He had what they call an AVM. Uh, it's, it's best to understand it's where uh, an artery in your brain reroutes the blood and forms a pocket in the back. And they, they went in to try to uh, do a preventive surgery to keep him from having a stroke. And he had a stroke. He was in intensive care for 42 days or more. And this is his testimony. He calls me Jaja. Jaja. He said, Jaja, I didn't see Jesus, but I heard his voice. You need some scripture to back that up? Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and when I call them, they will come. He said, I heard his voice. He said, Jaja, it's as if the Lord was saying, Today's not your day. And the next thing I know, he said, It's like God just pushed me back. And he said, I woke up, and he said, my mama, which is my daughter, Amy, was laying across him praying. And his father, Chris, who's lost, doesn't know Christ, was talking on the phone. And from that day till this day, Carter Joseph has had a burden for his father and his other grandfather to know Christ. His grandfather, his other grandfather, see, I'm one grandfather. His other grandfather is a man named Walt. He's an aerophysicist. I mean, he is a brilliant guy. I mean, this guy, I couldn't carry his briefcase. He's a kind and gracious guy. And you know what? He loves my grandson, so I love him. But he doesn't know Jesus, and he's not interested. But Walt's dying. Hospice has come in, and so... Me and my wife, we've been praying because the burden on my grandson's heart is that Walt and his daddy would know Jesus and they would not face eternity without Christ. You want to know who my hero is? It's my wife. Last week, she went by to get my grandson at Walt's house. She goes in and she sits down with an aerophysicist, brilliant, gracious man she shares with him the simplicity of the gospel and though Walt this is what he said he said I've heard all that before my wife said to him but Walt you've never been this close to eternity than you are right now and there's no other way now Walt as far as we know did not respond but that's not our responsibility you see Being a follower of Christ means you're fishers of men. That doesn't mean you're responsible for the salvation of the world. It means we're responsible to be witnesses. Witnesses. I've seen, I've heard, I've experienced. This is what's going on based on the truth. I was reading Pastor Mike's notes from last week, and I think there was a statement in there that many men or fathers don't really want to share because they feel like they don't know enough. Can I tell you that Jesus ran into a blind man and gave him his sight back? And the authorities began to question the blind man. He said, "Uh, what do you know about this guy? He said, all I know is once I was blind and now I see. Friend, I want to tell you something. 
Jesus has promised us the Holy Spirit, but He also will give us the power, the ability to share the greatest news that's ever been shared. Isn't there somebody in your family that needs to hear? Last picture, and I'm finished. You see this guy with his hand up? That's Pastor Zachariah Zawada from Uganda. He's preaching in Tanzania right now. Right now, this week, crusades. He's been locked out of his own country because of COVID. I just got back from Uganda, and he's in Tanzania. They're stopping at 40 different districts, preaching the gospel, and he's going by faith. And your church, your church sent money when he was stuck at the border of Uganda and Tanzania and couldn't get in because they were charging him another $2,400 to get his team of 24 in, $100 a person. Do you know how much money that is for a Ugandan? An annual wage is $500 per family per year. And to ask for 2400 bucks. One of the preachers that was with me was preaching on his radio station, which you guys also gave to preserve, which became the church during COVID for most of them. His wife comes to me when I'm waiting outside the radio station, and he's at the border, and she brings me the phone, and she says, Pastor Zachariah wants to speak to you, Pastor Ken. And I said, hey, Zach, what is it? He said, Pastor Ken, he said, I don't know if you can do anything to help us, but we're stuck at the border. And he said, we need $2,400 to get across. So I called our team in and we gathered around the table and we said, all right, guys, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? We got together a thousand bucks. And then I sent out an email to our partners like you guys and other close friends that trust and have a heart to get the gospel out. My phone started pinging that night. By the time I got up the next morning, we had 2400 bucks, and I sent that to Zach. This is what he said to me. Oh, Pastor Ken, I don't know what to do. I cannot say thank you. It's not adequate. He said, may God give account of the souls to you. Last week, 3,500 accepted Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to His name. 3,500. And I just say, may God give an account for those souls to journey church. You see, you know what this place is right here. Some of you don't understand. Why are we got to go to church? Why are we got to do all this? This is a gospel team. We're a team. We work together to get the gospel out. My grandson's been carrying a burden for five years for his granddaddy. He's tried to talk to him, but the whole right-hand side of his body is atrophied. He he can't hardly walk. And, and, And his speech won't keep up. His mind works faster than his speech. And he said, Georgia, I just want Papa Walt and my dad to know Jesus. It was his burden that gets a part of the team to go in and share the gospel. See, oh, don't you understand how this works? Don't you understand that while you're sitting here today, that the effectiveness of this church is not just here locally, but it's going around the world, and that's the way God designed it. Isn't He awesome? Oh, glory to God! So we've been talking about grandiose things, but let's get it down here where we live. 
What about you? There are people here today that are just like I was. You've been raised in church. You've heard the gospel a hundred, maybe a thousand times. And for somebody here today, I really sense this may be last call. You know what I'm convinced of personally as I travel the world? Why should we continually waste our time on folks who's heard the gospel before when we've got folks out here who's never heard it? But for somebody here today, God sent me by to say, hey, I love you enough. He has scars on his body that prove his love for us. I had, I love rednecks. I had a redneck tell me one time, I was knocking on doors, and, and he said, God, I ain't never done nothing for me. I said, you ain't got enough sense to know. You wouldn't have breath in your life. You wouldn't have sense to make money. He has scars. God doesn't need to do anything else. He's paid it all. But for you, friend, isn't it time for somebody in this building to say, you know, I know about him. But today, I'd really like to know him. The Bible says, today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Don't say no. Today is the day of salvation, and now is the appointed time. Isn't today, today? Isn't it? I mean, that's profound. Today is today, right? And it says in the Bible, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. You're not, this is not a sales pitch from some guy from the pulpit. If I can talk you into something, another guy can talk you out of it. But if the Holy Ghost of God begins to speak to you according to the Word of God and the conviction comes and you say, I'm guilty and there's no other way I want to receive Jesus, today is your day. And now is the time. We're going to move to the invitation. There's going to be an opportunity. Anyone here that would like to receive Jesus Christ we're going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to do that. Nothing special or fancy. I must have witnessed 2,000 people before I ever got anybody to take me up on it. I was so excited about getting saved. I was sharing with my Alpha my alpha insurance guy. I was sweating bullets. That's the first guy I ever shared with. I, I, I was sweating bullets. Man, I, I was so glad. I finally shared the gospel with him. And then after that, I shared the gospel. It must have been 2,000 people. And nobody ever took me up on it. But one night... Outside a cabin, there was three teenage young men. And I shared that great old story about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and, and what that means to us and what, what He's done for me and, and what He'd do for you if you just ask Him. And, and they said, yes, we'd like to receive Jesus. I didn't know what to do. I, didn't know, I, just, I don't know what to do. That's as far as I can go. Can't go any further. And then finally I thought, well, Lord, he said, let's just pray. Just ask him. Can you believe it? So profound. God ain't going to make you jump through hoops. He's man, if he's drawing you. He said, unless the Heavenly Father draws you, you can't even come. But if God is drawing you, there is no guarantee that this moment right here will ever be grasped again. And for some people here today, this is your just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity. 
Others, you know for sure you're saved. You, we're thinking about starting a new evangelistic strategy where my wife's going to start carrying groups of people up and down 65 just to check out and see if everybody's saved. If you're not saved, you'll want to get saved. I promise you. I'm just kidding. It's all right. Lighten up. <laughs> Some of y'all said, I ain't no way I'm getting in the car with, with you or her. <laughs> it's like, if you know for sure you're saved, Doesn't it break your heart to think that your daddy or your granddaddy or your mama or your sister, your brother or your son or grandson or granddaughter doesn't know Jesus? Isn't it time for us to, as claiming to be followers of Christ, He's already given us the promise and He's given us the power to be witnesses. All you got to do is just say, Lord, I just want to take it to the next level. doesn't matter what people think. You know, when we get to a place where we're more concerned about what God thinks than what people think, then I'll tell you, we'll have revival. We'll have revival. So where do you fit in all this? I don't know. I believe God knows. If you're lost, you need to be saved today. And you're saved. That's the second kind of folks. You're saved. And you may be like me. You just, you know, I just need to remember how good it was to be saved. And I need to get back to the burden of sharing the greatest news that's ever been told. Would you bow your heads with me? Just everybody just bow your head. Just sit quietly for a moment. Just quietly. For those here, God has spoken to you and you know for sure that you're not saved. But today, that is the desire of your heart. Genuinely the desire of your heart. Would you, with everybody's head bowed, would you just stand up where you're at and just begin to make your way back to the prayer room back in the back of the room? Just... If you'd like to receive Christ today, everybody's head bowed, just praying. But if God has spoken to you, you need to be saved. Just stand up where you're at and just begin to make your way. Go ahead. Just stand up where you're at and make your way to the back. Anybody? Anybody at all? God's spoken to you, not, not me. Not trying to embarrass you. doesn't matter. But you know what? Isn't it time for us to just quit worrying about what other people think? Let me really, if I want to get right with God, I, I really don't care what anyone thinks. I, I need to be right with God. So if that's you, sir or ma'am, then today's your day. Just stand where you're at and just excuse yourself right to the back. We've got people at the prayer room back just waiting for you. Anybody? Anybody at all? All right. And then for the rest of us, if you know for sure you're saved and God has laid on your heart somebody's name, a burden. Then during the invitation, as Pastor Mike comes, during the invitation, maybe you want to just come and kneel at the altar and just bring their name and just kneel before the Lord and just call their name out before God and say, God, I know you've given me the, the promise and the power. Lord, 
I'm looking for an opportunity to share the gospel with Jim or Sally or Susie or Johnny, whoever. But if during our invitation, I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Mike's going to come, and then you respond. Father, in the name of Jesus, so that you might be glorified. Do what you do best. Do what you love to do. Seek and to save that which is lost. And for those of us who are saved, Lord, as we follow you, we know we will become fishers of men. Let us bring our names in front of you, Lord, for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen.